All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. Today on the Zabecast, the final four is set. Brady versus Rodgers at Lambeau. And the Mahomes noggin watch is on as they get ready for the Bills. Andy Poland joins me to talk about the limits of Lamar, the 2.5 second game, and whether Earl Woods was right for running off Tiger's first girlfriend. All that plus ports are making a comeback. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Rodgers, now he's in trouble in the end zone, steps away, throws Lazard on the run, first down. How in the world did Rodgers find him, but it was on the money, and Lazard, Jones has 98 of them. Play fake here, though, Rodgers going for it all, looking to break it open, he's got it, Lazard, gonna go, touchdown Green Bay. We did a good job shutting them down, they, they became non-factors. And those five guys up front, they played their butts off, and I'm really proud of them. Makes my job a lot easier. Well, congratulations, and uh, good luck in the next round. Thank you, Pam. Okay. One more here. There we go. <laughs> uh, one more, and it'll be at Lambeau. <laughs>
Monday, January 18, 2021. Thank you for downloading and how about that performance from Aaron Charles Rogers on Saturday night. Now the question is, does he have one more in him against Tom Brady? We shall see. Hello, everybody. The Buccaneers have just polished off the Saints and has sent have sent Breeze into retirement. And the biggest of big game hunters, Thomas Edward Brady, Thomas Peter Edward Brady, is coming to Lambeau Field where he knows the cold, loves the cold, and he lives for these games. Buckle up. The only team this year that completely dismantled Rodgers and company was this Tampa team that looked completely different than they did against Washington the week before and Taylor Heineke. Wow. Wow. He gets another crack, does Aaron Rodgers. And I'll just say this. It is the God help us if this year's Bucks, and by us I mean Packer fans. I'm part of Packer Nation. I know this comes as a hard thing for you Washington fans to accept. I have dual citizenship now. I have the ability to say us and we twice now. Oh, it's going to drive some people fucking crazy. Some of you may object vehemently that I do not have that right, that if I'm going to us and we, the Packers, that I must renounce and you and them the Washington football team. I I won't. Not now. I maintain dual citizenship. It's a rare circumstance. I have waited my time. I have paid my dues. I don't care what you think. God help us if this year's Bucks are last year's Niners. Oh my God. Because Saturday night was so glorious, was so great. And I got this feeling all Saturday night into Sunday morning, all the way mostly through the game tonight between Tampa and New Orleans that both these teams stink. Going to tear whoever comes apart, going to tear apart whoever comes north next week. And then Breeze finally spit the bit. Brady came through and I'm like, oh shit, fucking Brady. And if the, if the Packers do not win this game, because there is this air, this surge of it's all coming together, it's all right in the world, it'll, it'll be one of those take it to your fucking grave type of deals. I mean, the last time the Packers hosted a NFC Championship game was 2008 when, well, you know how it ended. In overtime, with a Vaseline-smeared face of Tom Coughlin smiling in delight as Brett Favre threw that pick that shall forever live in infamy. It is truly like what Herb Brooks once said to the U.S. Olympic hockey team as they trailed 2-1 to Finland in the gold medal game after upsetting the mighty Soviets. People always forget that the U.S. had to win another game on Sunday. It was still possible. The Americans did not beat the Finns that they would not only not win the gold, they wouldn't win any medal at all. And Herb understood this. We were excited, we were anxious, we couldn't wait to get out and play. And Herb Brooks walked into the locker room and he looked at us and he said, if you lose this game, you'll take it to your fucking grave. Then he stopped, he walked 
couple of steps, turned, looked at us again, and said, you fucking grave. Yeah, and there it is. So let me start with the Rogers reality, because once again, a number of Packer fans and media members were chirping and clapping on social media about, well, maybe the Packers know what they're doing by not drafting a wide receiver. Number one offense in football. Just hung 32 on the Rams. How you like him now? And I say, you're missing the point still. Just because it worked out without addressing that position right now doesn't mean it was the right move. I'm telling you, this Jordan Love pick is going to go down as a completely wasted first-round pick. He's never going to play for this team. Rodgers is going to play until he's 41. Easy. That's four more years. Nobody touches him anymore. He got hit once and sacked nuns in that game on Saturday. He's too smart. He's too much like a ninja. He's in too good a shape. He has low miles on him because he didn't play for the first three and a half years of his career. I'm telling you, Jordan Love will never play and should never play. Why would you ever want to get out voluntarily of the Aaron Rodgers business? If it's me and I'm the franchise, I say to Rodgers, look, the minute you want to retire is the first minute we're going to start thinking about your replacement. We're going to ride you to zero and we're going to place you in the pantheon where you belong and we'll figure out our next 20 years after that. We're not going to get cute. Yeah, the offense is great even without spending a first round pick on a wide receiver. But a lot of that is luck due to health. I mean, you lose one or two of those guys. If Tunyon does not develop, you could have a huge problem on your hands. There's a lot of things that could have gone wrong. You just don't want to take zeros with first-round picks. And it's like they guaranteed themselves a zero for four years with this quarterback pick. But hey, they're going to spackle over it. Aaron Rodgers, for years, spackled over a lot of shitty Mike McCarthy coaching. And he's going to spackle over this needless zero with the first round pick this year on a quarterback who will never play, should never play, and I'm telling you, is not going to play in Green Bay. Maybe if Rodgers gets hurt. But that said, why would you ever look at Rodgers? Look at him play this game. The joy, the passion, the leadership. The all-around ability. I mean, come on. I just, I don't ever want it to end. Maybe this is me being a sort of newly minted Packer fan, an outsider who is learning to live in this strange new world in which you could have a quarterback so sublime as number 12 and still go, eh, I don't know, man. Wasn't very good last year. And you know what? Probably should get somebody else soon here. So uh, tick-tock as you start tapping your watch. Why? Are you crazy? Obviously, the fan base has been a bit spoiled at nearly 25 years of uninterrupted quarterback brilliance. The fan base hasn't had to take a long walk in the uh, in the woods. A long walk in the woods, as I like to say. My voice cracked right there, by the way. I am finally coming around on this cold, or whatever it is, and I'm feeling better now. Uh, it's just I had a sore throat Saturday morning. It got better 
Saturday night into Sunday. It's been a little bit wonky today. I think it'll be good by tomorrow morning. Speaking of tomorrow morning, well, it's morning right now. Uh, please do, if you can, listen to my show on 97.3 The Game out of Milwaukee. I have a list here of 20 things uh, that I plan to talk about regarding this Packer-Rams game. Rodgers and money. Aaron Jones is electric. The fans. The Lil Wayne song. Aaron Donald being a bitch. A.J. Dillon's fumble that almost ruined everything. The tight tuxedo concept. The fact that this thing's not over. Rashawn Gary's big game. Jalen Ramsey being a bigger bitch. The photo of Aaron Jones' big run. There's a photo you have to see. You won't believe it. Floyd. The Floyd shooting stars meme. When uh, Rodgers pump faked Leonard Floyd to the moon and beyond. What was up with Pam Oliver? 14, Rodgers smiling on the kneel down. 15, Rodgers end zone throw. That I will spend a whole segment on. Throwing it out of his own end zone in the middle of a bar fight. 20 yards downfield on second and 17 in a 15-point game where disaster was lurking. Uh, Mason Crosby is a daisy, apparently. Sorry. There's a great Baldinger breakdown on a particular formation that LaFleur used that just demolished the Rams' vaunted defense. We'll talk about that Favre INT game a little bit. The phrase, I love gold, snow flurries, and more. That's all tomorrow or today on the radio. So there you go on that. The limits of Lamar, we'll talk about this with Andy just a bit. He's gone backwards every year, or excuse me, he's gone backwards this year in just about every category. Anyone saying, though, that, ah, you know what, same old playoff Lamar, you got to get somebody better. Nah, nah. Not if you're me. I mean, if it's my team, I'm saying, look, we just got to keep working on them. Keep working on them. Keep working with them. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But tough, tough interception that went all the way back. I was like, what are you doing running out of the end zone? Oh, wait a minute. That's actually a good thing. And then, of course, the Browns game. Uh, you'll hear that coming up with Andy here in just a second as I uh, recorded that right after it was over. Huge question all week is going to be Mahomes. You know, I said there's no way the NFL would contact Trace due to COVID, a star player like Mahomes or Rodgers or Brady out of a game. Would they dare concussion protocol a guy like that out of a championship game? I guess we're going to find out. I guess we're going to find out just how independent the so-called independent league neurologists are. Logic is not her strong suit. Did you see Kim Mulkey, head coach for the Baylor women's basketball program? Team had been off for almost a month. She had been out with COVID, finally came back and played. Her first comments were, the only reason we're playing this game is because of greed. The almighty dollar that the NCAA doesn't care about the health and safety of the players. Logic is not her strong suit. Kim Mulkey makes $2 million a year. Baylor along with UConn are the two beat them up until they're bloody and blue battleship programs in women's college basketball that have very little competition. I have no idea if Baylor's women's basketball team breaks even on its own. I would almost be willing to bet there's no chance in hell it does. Two million for coaching a women's team. Yeah. And you're the one talking about greed. You know, if it weren't for college basketball playing games this year to scrape back whatever TV money they could get, there would be 
bloodbath. There would be carnage amongst the women's programs. That is just incredible chutzpah for her to say it's just about greed. Never mind the fact that student-athletes being in a more rigid testing environment actually makes them safer than they would be turned out on their own. God, it just makes you rub your temple sometimes listening sometimes to this stuff. James Harden's debut with the Nets was a smash hit, and did you see how skinny he looked? What the hell? There is now speculation he wore some sort of a fat suit under his warm-ups because there's no way. It looks like he lost 15 pounds in two days. <laughs> Unbelievable. Still, fuck him. Nets can have him. Kyrie Stills that is out. Uh, we'll see if he plays nice when he comes back. That's going to be the wild card right there. But there you go. James Harden is a net. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not Hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball. Check, check, check. MMA, soccer. Check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of my bookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you to those who helped me out with my home theater screen mystery. I think I've got it diagnosed, not solved yet, but diagnosed. I tweeted pictures of my home theater screen and I said, there seems to be these lines that have appeared now that I can see whenever there's a solid color projected onto the center screen. And 
I don't know where they're coming from. And I went and I got a damp cloth and I gently went to try to brush them off and they wouldn't come off. And I was looking at them and looking at them and looking at them from angles. I'm like, what are these things? Where do they come from? Could they have been this way the whole time and I didn't know it? I guess the operative theory, and if you have a theory on this, let me know, is that over time, the screen has loosened a bit in its frame. And it's loosened to the point where it's not like it's billowing or anything like that, but it just lost some of its tightness or tautness. And therefore, when it was once upon a time rolled up tight for delivery, and it had sort of little, I guess, lines in it because it was rolled up, that because the tension has decreased over four years, those lines are now showing up. So I've got to take the screen off, find out how to tighten it, see if that works. Some of you have said, just buy an 82-inch flat screen. Come on. They're at Costco. They're not that expensive. Trust me, I looked. Problem is, my uh, my center projection screen is, I think, 110, so I can't give up that much real estate. And, oh yeah, what am I going to do with the perfectly good $3,200 projector that's mounted in my ceiling? Right. Even I have my limits of wasting money on shit I really don't need. Hello? You know, you get carried away, you get lost in the moment. It is right between games on Sunday night, and I told Andy, I'll call you after the Browns game. That was before the Browns game got really interesting. And then the game ends, I'm on the phone with a buddy, we're talking about all the dumb shit Cleveland did to basically forfeit a chance to win the game. And I was like, oh shit, Andy's waiting for me to call me. Because there's you know. more football to come. Good afternoon, Andy. How are you? I'm good. You know, like a horse. You load me into the paddock. I, <laughs> I know. You start getting nervous, right? Exactly. Yeah. You were right. you were ready to go. Well, yeah. this is part of the curse of my podcast taping schedule. I always say, God, I'd love to put the podcast to bed and then just sit and watch games on Sunday. But uh-huh. too much shit happens. There's oh, yeah. too much that people are like, I, too, I, I downloaded it Monday. I was waiting for you to hear about that. And then what happened? Well, you know, the games weren't done yet. So here we are. Cleveland almost pulls off a huge upset. And now the entire bracket is thrown into turmoil because of concussion protocol. Right. Yeah. If, if Patrick Mahomes can't go, then, <laughs> then it's, you know, I've watched this play 15 times. It doesn't look like he takes a hit to the head. I'm not sure where the concussion occurred. Isn't that amazing? And and you look at it and you look at it and you say, I don't see it. I don't see it, Elaine, like Mr. Pitt in Seinfeld. I don't see the concussion. But how dumb is Andy Reid running him with a bad foot to begin with? Like, Uh, I know he's aggressive and he wants to use his whole suite of plays, but this dude is the golden fucking unicorn. Maybe don't treat him like he's indestructible. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, You know, maybe it's just the age. You know, he feels like he can be a little bit more reckless with him. But, you know, watching Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes on back-to-back days and, you know, the way I watch football during the season, I watch the whole Washington game start to finish, and then I watch Red Zone Channel. When you watch complete games, you get a real appreciation. These guys are playing something else. They're, they're, there's a different game oh, that they're playing. Oh, totally, yes. Yeah. yeah yes. It's amazing. It, plus, it's a, it's a, it's a 2.5-second league 
for the best quarterbacks in, in the NFL. Right. It's a 2.5 second league. It's 2.5 seconds from snap to get rid of the ball before you get killed. And, you know, you, you've got to be that good processing that stuff. And there's only a handful of guys that are. I mean, the yeah. Chad Henney interception in the end zone was just a stupid, stupid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. fucking punt. It's like, what are you doing, bro? And that's because the software on most other guys is not good enough to process yeah. what's going on. Well, that's why Peyton Manning is going to the Hall of Fame with an arm that wasn't that great and right. no speed. He got it out. I read 1.8. You know, yeah. he, he, he was unbelievable in getting rid of the ball. Because, you know, same with- right, because the, the, the best one's diagnosed exactly where it can go and will go before right. the ball's even snapped. Right. So literally, yeah. it's just snap, two steps, look, throw, complete, move the chains. And then occasionally, you get a big mismatch, you go downfield. So anyway, this is part and parcel of the modern NFL, where if you have a unicorn quarterback, you're golden. You are the favorite to go to the Super Bowl pretty much every year that your unicorn is upright. When you lose the unicorn, you're fucked. And yeah, the well, NFL didn't used to be this way. Jeff Hostetler could go to the Super Bowl and win it, Andy. Yeah, he he did because that was a team that was built on running the ball and great defense. Brad Johnson and, could go to the Super Bowl and win it, Andy. That's right, but but okay. I mean also with with the Giants, <laughs> Phil Simms has not gone to the Hall of Fame. Phil Simms was a Super Bowl MVP, but he wasn't one of those guys. That team was built on running and defense. Right. So, but I know, think I think there hasn't been a pedestrian quarterback to win the NFL, to win the Super Bowl since Trent Dilfer and the Ravens. Yeah, probably so. Right. I, I think that's probably right. Yep. Although, yeah, let me, I mean, let me, well, let me, Flacco. Let me, I mean, Joe Flacco would be one, I guess. Yeah. But at least Joe Fa- Flacco, he knew how to throw in the pocket. And that brings us to Lamar Jackson. You sat with me at Radio Row in Baltimore and listened to Desmond Howard when we asked about this soon-to-be NFL player out of Louisville by the name of Lamar Jackson. What do you think? And Desmond Howard said with a laugh, he'll be a good wide receiver. I'm not sure he was talking about I think I thought he was talking about Braxton. Uh, no, no. No, it was I've got the soundbite if you really it, want to hear it, it one last time. It, it was Lamar Jackson? Okay. Yes. Okay, I, I I forgot. Well, look, you know, Bill Polian, who is is the Hall of Fame general manager, said he's a wide receiver. Um, oh, and he I, got eviscerated for that because there is so much racial tension that is baked into that cake that a lot of commentators can't get around it. But yeah. it's just the way it is. Here's Desmond Howard with you and I, Radio Row. Lamar Jackson looks spectacular. How does he translate to the pros, do you think? Uh, he... he... <laughs> He'll be a good wide receiver. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's just like he's like Ohio State's quarterbacks. Yeah. Aaron Pryor's playing wide receiver. Right. <laughs> um, what about Braxton, Bar- Braxton Miller's playing wide receiver? There's your Braxton played, Miller. Uh, quarterback in the pros? JT? Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Now he's right about that. Now look, part of that could have been a Michigan man getting mm-hmm. a jab in on the Buckeyes, but I yeah. think that was his genuine opinion. And here's the thing. You know, Lamar Jackson, I looked this up today. Lamar Jackson completed only 20 passes in a game twice this year. 20 completions twice. That is such a low bar. And you could say, well, they run the ball so well they don't need to throw. Again, it's a 2.5-second passing league. So what do you do if you're the Ravens? You're now three years in. 
He was a curiosity in year one, MVP in year two, and has regressed in year three. He was still very good statistically, but he clearly went backwards in a number of categories. Well, you hope you see what you've seen with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, year three, we're talking about bust, right? Or not, you know, not certainly not living up to being number one. Or, so, or the guy he lost to on Saturday night, Josh Allen. Josh Allen looked like, is this kid ever going to get it? Then raised yeah. his completion percentage by 10 points in one year. Right. Right. So you get you get the right quarterback coach to work with him, and, and, and maybe it picks up. I don't know. But I, I, w- I would not give up on Lamar Jackson. No. No, although, I. although, I mean, a belly ball into quadruple coverage terrible, terrible. into the it end was, zone when you're driving for an important score, you can't have that. No, it was, it was a terrible throw. And, and, to, and to think it goes back the other way, you'd have thought he'd be fast enough to catch him himself, but he got blocked out on the return. So yeah, it, it does seem it does seem like they have to have some, but but again, you you can't bail on them now. Have no. they given them the contract extension? By the way, I, no, I, no, they have not. not. In fact, I think yeah. one of the announcers yesterday alluded to that point, saying, "You know, this is about the time in which you've got to make a decision." Right. I, I yeah. So that I mean, you know, see Carson Wentz. So I know you really you got to be careful on that one, but I I still think he's he's going to be good. I think he'll be Michael Vick good, and you just got to give him a chance to do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about well. First of all, Al Michaels. Oh. You, <laughs> I, I tweeted on Saturday night. I said if you had no idea, if you knew nothing about football, and you listened to an Al Michaels game, you would have no idea which plays were mini miracles and which ones were ho hum routine. You agree? Yeah. You you finally agree with me on this? Well, I, I'm watching it, and and there's like 25 yard pickups, seemingly mostly by the Bills, and I'm sort of wondering, does Al have heavy action on Baltimore, because he's been known to do that? Um, but, <laughs> but 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 it, it just yeah, I mean it was, it really did seem bizarre that there were some huge plays. And he just was giving it the old routine, like it, you know, it was a third and three carry or something like that. It just it didn't uh, didn't compute. Well, I think part of it is Al Michaels has become too much narrative and not enough play by play by yeah. play, you know. And so yeah. it's like his stories take precedence sometimes over actually calling what's going on and realizing, hey, that was a big fucking play. Punch it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Al also lives in L.A. and he's wearing a big puffy coat <laughs> in Buffalo. You had a problem with the coat, huh? <laughs> no, I mean it's it's just not the environment that he likes to be in. You know, he's he likes to be on the on the golf course in Bel Air, not freezing his tuchus off in uh, Buffalo. Yeah, I said uh, I said to somebody else on Twitter, I go, you know what? It's like his stories are like Feech Lamana when he got out of prison in The Sopranos, <laughs> where Tony was just so sick of hearing him. Like, okay, Feech, there you go. Right, right. And I spot the biggest, blackest motherfucker that I can find. Everybody's looking at me, and I walk right at him. They say, "What the fuck are you looking at?" I said, you heard me, motherfucker. What the fuck are you looking at? What's that? I hear bam, across the fucking coconut. It goes down. Now, if you unleashed one of those on the air, then we'd have something. (laughs) Exactly. All right. This is what I really want to talk about. And then I'm keeping an eye on the TV, Andy. I think we got two minutes left or something like that. I indulge you for five. I can see what's going on. Multitask. 
Okay. I don't have to hear the play-by-play. I okay. can hear you. So, uh, Tiger Woods documentary, HBO, two-parter. Right. When is the second part coming out? Tonight. <gasps> oh, yeah. Set your DVR. Why, why would HBO launch this now? That wait, I don't know. Wait two weeks when we're all jonesing for something, uh, when football's finally died down. Okay, so you saw the first part. Mm-hmm. Go. Because you, Andy, of all people, not a golfer, well, you're a failed golfer. Or you're yeah. a recidivist golf? No, well, not a recidivist. Well, I'm a golfer. I was, I was a tried golfer. Tried. You tried. Yeah. You, you tried it, and you it. said, ah, enough. It's just not not for, me. not for me, which I respect, by the way, and I appreciate not, that. Um, not for me. And But you love watching golf when Tiger was in his prime, and anytime Tiger was there, you were watching. And I said, big tent sport, welcome in, Andy. Make yourself comfortable. Enjoy the game. So what would you think of the Tiger documentary? Well, what this concentrated on more so than any other thing I've seen on Tiger, we know that he was a creation of Earl and to a a greater extent than I even realized now watching this Tita, the mother. Yeah. uh, But he was very, very similar to what Marv Marinovich did with Todd Marinovich, who was a quarterback who made it all the way to the NFL and played with the Raiders. Actually, I think he started a playoff game. And then became a heroin addict. Well, and, right. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tiger did not become a heroin addict, but he became a sex junkie and was addicted to pills. Right. But, I mean, the the creation was incredible. This was this was like he. It was Marv Rinovich who then created Tom Brady, who then took heroin. But in this case, he he created this guy who became a great golfer. And there were times when Tiger wanted to stray, wanted to do other sports, and he was told, no, he can't do that. So it's, it's amazing on one hand that he got this kid to be this good. Now, there was some natural thing in there that I, I don't think even he could have counted on. But he got him to the point where he's, at least for that period of time, he's the greatest golfer ever. He won't have Jack's number of majors, but for a what, 12-year period? There's never been anybody better than yeah. that, right? No, I agree. See, I, I think you're right that there there was a bit of a laboratory experiment going on. But as a golfer, Andy, seeing how Tiger swung the club as a two-year-old, to me, that was the kernel of once-in-a-generation genius right. that was right. not going to be stopped no matter what. Now, that said, the first girlfriend was the first threat to yeah. it derailing. I got some audio here. I want you to play OK Stop when you need to jump in, all right? Just say OK Stop. Here we go. You know, growing up, the boys were so typical. The football players were the cool kids. But Tiger said that he golfed. And I was like, oh, OK. I didn't even know we had a golfing team at the school. OK Stop. A golfing team. Well... Just because you were on the golf team in high school doesn't mean it was a a big golfing team. Okay, she's not a golfer. The first time that I understood the magnitude of who he was was when I went to his house and saw the shrine on the wall of him. Stop. That's Earl. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Uh, let me add this. Okay, bitch, you never heard of an athletic prodigy who's proud of his trophies and accomplishments and have photographs on the wall? Where the fuck have you been? Uh, she said shrine. 
You got photographs on the wall. Shrine. Bullshit. I saw the picture. It's not a shrine. It's called every high school athlete has their stuff on the wall. Come on now. The trophies and pictures and magazines. Yes, they're things you're proud of. Jesus Christ. This was like a whole nother level of hello, uh, welcome to my home, and it's all about Tiger Woods. No, it's called This Is What Prodigy Athletes Do. Jesus. It was just a lot. On the tee, Tiger Woods. He had invited me to go to a tournament. This is the LA Open. He was like 16, I think. 16 years old. Is this a pro tournament? Yes. No, he was an amateur in the LA Open. That's amazing. He was like in control and confident. And I loved that about him. It was a quality that I thought was very attractive. I loved it. I just remember the people surrounding him people were asking for his autograph i'm like well who would want your autograph what are you talking about see this is where this didn't get it at all maybe you should step the fuck back a second and do some homework on who you've hooked into Good lord, well, how self-absorbed she is! It well, gets. I, yeah, I, go ahead. I think I think you're going a little overboard on what you're calling her. So, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I, I need to back uh, off a little okay, bit. Okay, sorry, that. young lady, young <laughs> yeah. lady who smoked too many cigarettes. You've got drawstring lip, uh, ma'am. You just don't get it. Okay, let me skip okay, ahead. Here. I think he definitely Tiger's saw the brand. Too, so here. everybody ages. It's all let right. me. <laughs> all right. God, Andy is now. He's now the content editor of my podcast. God bless him. To me, being able to give him a normal life. I loved taking him to... Oh, yeah. Here. This is what I couldn't believe. He knew that the fame was not normal. How do you know that? How do you know that he knew the fame was not normal? How do you know that he didn't say, yeah, I'm prepared for this because my dad's been telling me to be ready for this? Okay, but but it, it, her sense was it was just a little bit too much. Oh, that, big return by the Saints right now yeah, as you're watching that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, They're yeah. in business uh, after the uh, Buccaneers punted on their first possession. Okay. Right. So here, here's the thing that drives me crazy. Listen to this. Always knew that. I think he definitely saw the bridge to me being able to give him a normal life. Okay. Woman? Can I call her that, Andy? Woman? Yes. She's a woman. Grown woman. Okay. A bridge to a normal life. She wanted to derail his athletic destiny so he could be Eldrick Woods, accounts receivable, who's a member at a mid-level club and plays on Saturdays. No, no, she wasn't trying to do that. She was trying to say to him, do some other things. You're you're totally focused no, on no, golf. No, no, no. <laughs> this this is insanity. He's got a gift from God. He's got a talent and a drive to do great things in the sport. And Fine. she's like, do some other things. Okay. And, and what happened when he got older and he hadn't done anything else? He starts dating Perkins waitresses and actually falls I, in love with them. Well, listen, here's the thing. He didn't have to get married to okay. and then cheat on her. He could have stayed a bachelor. Many of us said, you know what, Tiger? Get married after you're done playing. We urged well, and, him to do that on the air and off the air. 
Well, I think I think that if you if you watch that the the marriage that he had to Elon was part of breaking away from Earl. That that becomes the big focus of the second half of the first part of the documentary. Oh, really? And yeah, and I, that that was my sense is that yeah, of course Earl didn't want him to get married. That yeah, that because Earl he knows. To break, he <laughs> Earl managed knows. to break him up with Gina with 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 the coldest breakup letter I've ever seen. Oh yeah, here let me get to that next. Oh, Home from God. college the next day when he had actually arrived the day before and stayed at his girlfriend's house. Tita and Earl, and they were furious. Tiger called me. He was so upset. He called me, Joe, I'm in a lot of trouble, you know. And he told me what had happened. I said, well, I'll go over there. You know, I'll, I'll help you out, champ. I got your back on this, because I was very close to Earl and Tita at the time. Yeah, I go over there, and too. I was shocked. Tita was... By the way, I love the footage of him driving up to their house in their Mustang. It was like a very professional shot from across the street. And all the dogs they had, they had four huge dogs. Four of them. They only had one kid. All all of Earl's other kids were- With With their other other parents, (laughs) Cheyenne Woods and others. It was goddamning a lot. Very loud tone of voice. God damn it. By the way- Tita was tough. By the way, did did this pro come off well or not? That uh, he befriended like kind of Earl schmuck. Woods. He looks like he's a schmuck. Sounds like a, a schmuck. schmuck. Yeah, Sorry, and, and I got to do this, champ. Yeah, and he's and he's running around too. Like mm. you know, he's too. Yeah, he's he's, too he's giving lessons, slopes. giving lessons in the Winnebago and outside the Winnebago, which yeah, was exactly. pretty fucking slimy. And Earl was just incensed, and you could just hear it in his voice. We don't need this. You're gonna blush. You're gonna get pregnant. You're gonna blow. He's gonna blow the whole goddamn thing. And they're ready to. Hey, by the way, Earl Woods not wrong, not wrong. Okay, it was a threat to blow the whole thing. He he came home from college a day early and stayed at his girlfriend's house. I mean, really? Is that mm. is that a federal crime? I didn't say it was a crime, but it was a father who understood the power of pussy. <laughs> and, oh and hey, listen, Earl knew it. Earl knew it. Earl knew that his kid Urkel had—that was his nickname—had never been into that, and so now it's like it, it can send men to do the craziest of things. Okay, I but it's understand it. It is. He didn't want him to grow up because he would have lost control, but, which he ultimately oh, did. But I think he was also worried. I mean, by the way, who knows if she was really as sweet as she wants to come off? She could have been she, manipulating. She, she got a termination letter in the mail from the family. My yeah, but, God, she was his high school girlfriend. Uh, you don't know how she was as a girlfriend. She was telling him to stop playing golf. She didn't say stop playing golf. Well, she not said, said don't play so in much. A few other things. That's all. Kick him out of the house. They were so mad. And Tiger, you know, uh, he he was spooked. He was spooked. Dina. The reason for writing this letter is to inform you, my parents and myself never want to talk or hear from you again. Reflecting back over this relationship, I feel used and manipulated by you and your family. I hope the rest of your life runs well for you. I know this is sudden and a surprise, but it is, in my opinion, much warranted. Sincerely, Tiger. Sincerely, Tiger. And my my parents and I want you want you never to contact yeah. us again well oh, come I mean, on he's in college that's yeah, ridiculous uh, uh, you know raised by a green beret 
close yeah, to his then, dad. But but you, you seem you seem to want to go down the road of Earl had it all right. He had it all figured. I out. I didn't say all and, right. But but he, he, uh, this was going to happen. This this is. I remember reading about Todd Marinovich when he was in high school. He never supposedly had a, a Big Mac. He when he would go to birthday parties and give him an apple to take. Didn't have, have a, cake. Yeah, didn't have a Coca Cola until he was in college, right. and that led yeah. to heroin. <laughs> and I said, I said, and, and, and when he was in high school, reading about this in USA Today, I said, this will end badly. And I was not a parent then. But I had parents, and my parents, you know, kind of let me do what I needed to do to figure things out. You can't, you can't control people like that. But do you know how many kids have almost thrown away good things they had going on in their life, whether it's school or a job or a young career or an athletic career? Pursuing... He wasn't going to throw it away. You're, you're, you're I... saying that she was telling him to stop playing golf. She wasn't saying that. Okay. She 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 was leading him on a path away from becoming. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because you're you're so focused on your sport with the little white ball. It's that, a sport. If 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 Michael Jordan's girlfriend had said the same things, what would you say? Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael. Uh, Michael. Michael Jordan. But uh, first of all, you, you can't you can't play basketball all the time and he had girlfriends and he played baseball he played other th- other things they wouldn't let tiger play other sports okay but still if jordan was hyper focused on being a great basketball player and i'm sure spent way more time than many girlfriends would like obsessing about basketball women don't like anything competing for their attention <laughs> in general it takes a very sound stable woman to say it's okay that he loves this other thing <laughs> sports or whatever as much as me, or maybe more than me. Didn't your daughter Megan play some golf? Yes, not uh, really. I, what what happened to you, Steve? How come you couldn't get her focused on? I, oh, did she, I did didn't she try to friends? force it. Did I she, didn't try. I heard, to force I heard she played lacrosse in high school. Yeah. How could you let that happen? There was no money in lacrosse. <laughs> if there was, I would have browbeat her into keeping playing lacrosse. And let's be honest, she wasn't the best lacrosse player. We've been in this okay. three-year relationship. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about, should I drive over there? I just wanted to come. No, he said, I don't want to see you again. I just wanted him to look me in the face and tell me this. If it's the truth, then we're good. Then our relationship is. If it's the truth. Whole lie. Well, well, the letter said my parents and I. I got a kid in college. But I want to hear it from you. It's just, I replay that day in my head over and over again. What happened? Get over it, woman. Seriously. And by the way, return the letter to him, okay? What? Or burn it. She'll sell it all right. What really triggered all this. But, you know, I have to, it has to be that it was just the plan. Yeah. The plan? Yeah. Yeah, it was the plan. Look, here's the thing. Here, I'm going to redo her whole interview. Ready? You know what? He was such a sweet kid, and we were two kids in love, and it didn't work out. But I understand it from a big picture standpoint. My God, look at all that he's accomplished in life, and look at all the joy he's brought to millions, including Andy Poland eating his Chinese food (laughs) on Sunday evening (laughs) on his couch at home in Rockville, Maryland. Germantown now. (laughs) Look Look at how it turned out. Uh, I guess I didn't understand the level of athletic genius that I had intersected with at the time, but I'm happy that he's finally happy. And scene. 
There, okay. I fixed and, her interview and, for her. And, and, and clearly, I, he never had any problems in his personal life, right? <laughs> he, had lots of, he had lots of problems. Okay. Because well, he didn't relate to people said. very well. He treated them as why disposable. To, and and not just not women, but people? men as well, including fellow tour players and instructors and Hank Haney and why, other guys like that. Why, why did he not relate to other people well? Because he was a Frankenstein creation of Earl and Tita. Well, it didn't help that Earl was teaching young blonde women golf golf lessons, air quotes, yeah. on the back of the range and then taking them into a fucking Winnebago for, quote, right. drinks. When I <laughs> saw that clip of the Win- Winnebago, my jaw dropped. I'm like, holy fuck. I've never it's heard right that before. It's right on the course. He's stooping in the Winnebago while Tiger's putting. <laughs> All right, part two tonight. Three-nothing Saints couldn't punch it in. Andy, you are a true mensch for being patient with me and uh, forfeiting some of your precious football time. We'll talk next week. Thank you. Thanks, Zach. There you go. You know what? That is some classic Andy Zabe discussion right there. Those were the types of discussions we had on the sports reporters. Seems like every goddamn day. And it was glorious. And then there was a third guy in. Lavero, Naki, and it was hard to tell whose side, you know, the the guest would be on. And more often than not, I had to fight one on two, but you never knew. Sometimes Naki would come, you know, put on Team Zabe colors, and we would go to town on Andy, and we would have just good, honest, real dude discussions about stuff. <sighs> I miss those days, and we all got paid to do that. And, um, yeah, and it was good times. I'd love for that to happen again. I just don't know. Don't know if the media uh, environment these days permits it. I'm going to go watch the uh, Saints-Buccaneers first half. I'm going to rush through the rest of this podcast uh, at halftime, and I'm going to put it to bed. And guess what? You're going to like it because it was still a good listen today. Let's end on two quick things. One. Ports are apparently poised to make a big-time comeback with us Macintosh fanboys. Rumors say that the new MacBook Pro with the M1 chip not due out until third quarter of 2021, come on now, is going to put some ports back into the machine. Well, hallelujah. Maybe a USB-A port, maybe a card reader for us photog nerds, maybe an HDMI port, maybe, what other ports could there be? Oh, the MagSafe connector for charging is coming back as well. So they say, so says Mac Rumors. Well, wouldn't that be great? I have a hard drive that I bought. That is this orange rubber bumpered four terabyte hard drive designed for video editing. And it is in a RAID arrangement, uh, which is supposedly faster access than a normal hard drive. Nerd! And it uses a Thunderbolt 1 or Thunderbolt 2 port connector. And the only way to connect it First of all, I had the only po- the only Thunderbolt one ports left are on my MacBook Pro from 2016, and they don't 
even the, uh, the, 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 the dongles and the docks that I buy now for my new Macs, they don't have the Thunderbolt 1 or 2 ports. So the only other way connected is you can go USB 3, but you've got to then plug it into a power supply. And I'm like, oh, fuck that messy noise. Because I guess the Thunderbolt 1 and 2 ports delivered power needed to drive this thing, whereas the USB don't. It's fucking pain to the ass. It's four terabytes of real estate that I don't want to transfer this stuff off of it and then put it on a new four terabyte drive. And I know that the new four terabyte drives are as cheap as they get. I mean, they're getting cheaper all the time. I don't want to do it. Anyway, we'll see if ports make a comeback. And then there is this. (laughs) How is the vaccine rollout going in this country? Well, it's having some issues in some places. Okay, define issues. Well, let's start with this. Apparently in New Jersey, they have given smokers the right to jump in front of the line for the vaccine. Yes, indeed, smokers. They said people in high-risk categories, including those who smoke, are eligible to be amongst the priority groups to get the vaccine. You can't make this shit up. What's weird is that I remember seeing a study from early on in the pandemic from France that showed that, excuse me, smokers may actually be less susceptible to adverse outcomes from COVID. I don't know if that still holds or not, but imagine that people who give the least fucks about their own health are now being told, oh yeah, here, come on up here, come to the front of the line. New Jersey, you're doing great. I'm going to call that one smokers privilege. All right, I think it's time for me to shut it down tonight. What do you think? I know, it's squeaking. It's bad. I got to get this under control. I'm telling you, it's not GERD. This is not GERD. This is me and uh, the the sore throat that I had a night ago. This is going to be a big week. I'm getting healthy this week, all right? Come hell or high water. And what a week it's going to be. Championship week is upon us in the NFL. All eyes on Mahomes and all salivating mouths on Rodgers' versus Brady. Giddy fucking up. Thank you for listening and downloading and being a loyal Zabe subscriber here on the Zabecast. Tell a couple of friends, spread the love, spread the word, tickle the algorithm, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, a great Martin Luther King Day, and we will see you tomorrow. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not Hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball. Check, check, check. MMA, soccer. Check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, 
Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. 